Welcome to the Woke Buffalo Podcast with your host, Matt Meyer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Woke Buffalo Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Meyer. Thanks for tuning in. Before we introduce our first guest, I want to give a shout out to our first official sponsor of the podcast, Buffalo Cryo. Buffalo Cryo is a whole body cryotherapy center. Um, Jake and Pat are the owners. I've personally known Jake for over 10 years. Uh, Jake is a veteran, physical therapist, strength coach, and just all around good dude. So dedicated to the craft of what he's doing uh, at his whole body cryotherapy center, but also just super knowledgeable on breath work, on performance, on sports medicine, on rehab. It's really turned into this really cool holistic center. Um, above all being, you know, probably the best cryotherapy center uh, in town. And a few have come and gone, but they are always at the tip of the spear, always uh, trying to up their game on the latest science, the latest uh, research that's out there on full body cryotherapy. I started doing weekly uh, cryo sessions probably about two months ago. And after going weekly, I noticed such an amazing difference. Uh, just like last week, I uh, had some funky knee stuff going on and I popped in there and got a session. And uh, by the next day, I was probably 50 to 60% better uh, just from that four minute session I did with Jake. So definitely check it out. If you have not done full body cryotherapy yet, uh, it's such an awesome experience. You leave there just feeling so jacked and uh, so positive and just like full of energy, definitely give it a try. Jake and Pat have hooked us up, all the listeners, with a 15% off coupon code. You just put WOKE15 when you schedule your appointment or when you call, and uh, you guys will go 15% off your full body cryotherapy center. Check them out at buffalocryo.com, and uh, you know tell them that uh, I sent you from the WOKE Buffalo for 15% off. So that being said, I want to introduce today's guest. So today's guest is a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Tracy Taylor. I've known Tracy for, man, probably almost 20 years. Tracy is a uh, fitness coach. She's also an entrepreneur and owner of probably one of the only healthy food trucks in all of this area. She also spearheads a in-home in personal training business called The Drive. Also, on top of that, she is a full-time speech pathologist and a wife and a mom of four daughters. So I've known Tracy for a while. We work together in the fitness industry, and um, I just, her passion and her search for knowledge and uh, her kick-ass attitude is just contagious. And I had a whole bunch of fun on this podcast. Uh, we talked about everything from business. We talked about the mentorship that she is uh, doing with uh, Todd Durkin out in the West Coast. And we just talked about life. So I'm uh, so excited to uh, bring in this interview with Tracy. She'll definitely be on again. We had a lot of fun. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this. As always, you know, please leave a five-star review on wherever you download this uh, podcast, whether it be Spotify or iTunes. Send it to your friends. Um, much love. I appreciate all the messages every week that I get about the podcast. So as always, people, stay in the light, stay woke. All right, Miss Tracy Taylor, I'm here with the infamous, and in perfect Tracy Taylor fashion, I pull up to interview you, and you're running sprints in the parking lot. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm like, of course, that's what she's doing. <laughs> of course, I wasn't sprinting, though. I really wasn't. All right, I saw a jog, because I... if you were sprinting, then you'd probably be calling your Rolodex of therapists to help put you back together. <laughs> right, yes. Right? It was a good way to interview you. So, um, today I want to talk a little bit about your passion, your businesses that you have. So, I've probably known you for, what now, about 10 years, maybe? Maybe no, a little longer? Longer. It's going oh, on about snap. 18. What? Yeah, because I've been gone from Gold's oh, man. for 10, and I worked, well, I worked with Joe and Amy for wow. 23, so. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, we got to work together um, for a little while uh, at Gold's, and you brought a pretty amazing, like, energy and passion to um, 
to the game. And that's what I think kind of like drew me to you and our friendship and like your love for learning. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. So kind of tell us, you know, and all seven listeners, (laughs) um, how you started in the business of like health fitness. So my background is actually a speech therapist. I do have my master's in speech pathology, which I do currently work um, as a speech pathologist full time. Um, as far as my fitness journey, I became a group fitness instructor when I was 18. Um, I actually, um, you know, was always an athlete growing up. I grew up with two brothers and always played sports. So I became a group fitness instructor at 18 and then just kind of evolved from there. Uh, about 10 years later, I became a certified personal trainer and then I did, um, work for, um, you know, a few gyms full time and, you know, just kind of evolved. So, and I know too, like, would you say that, you know, speech pathology is your career, but like fitness and health is your passion? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I actually did not want to, speech pathology was like a afterthought. It was, um, I actually wanted to be a TV sportscaster. Whoa. I was uh, going to school in communications. Um, I was going to Oswego and I wanted to be a TV sportscaster and my dad, um, sadly, diverted me and said there's no female sportscasters in the business and wow. back then there really wasn't yeah. but I knew sports like the back of my hand I, I could tell you every stat I'm baseball football loved it. loved it what sports did you play growing up um I played softball I was actually a pitcher um I swam in the off season I played basketball and then um I eventually got into obviously running wow that's amazing yeah the fact that you're gonna play Oh, podcast uh, office motorcycle going by. <laughs> anyway, this is my my podcast office is in my Forerunner, and we're overlooking beautiful Chestnut Ridge, which is actually really nice. But if you hear some you know tennis balls flying around or motorcycles, you know bear with us. Um, softball pitcher that totally shocks me. Yes, actually not. Yes, I was a softball pitcher. Yeah, I, it's none of my kids play it right now. It's actually kind of odd because I actually it was my favorite sport of the three, and I was probably the best at it at softball. But um, it's painful to watch when you're not good. Of course, of right. course. And so I didn't know if any of my kids really had the knack for it. And of course, it's all about me. So I was like, no, we're not doing this. So, so you, changed your, you changed your career path and wanted to get into speech pathology. Yes. Um, yes, I was actually already in the, you know, the communications major. And this is a funny story, but because at the time I was teaching so much group fitness, I was bartending at the time, I had season tickets to the Bills game, so I was screaming my head off. I went and auditioned for a uh, radio slot and a TV slot, and both of them said, your voice is actually like too deep and gravelly. Wow. Um, yeah. And really? so they said, maybe go see, like get some therapy and then come back and because back then we didn't have microphones or you know yeah, anything yeah. like that so i actually had to go to the doctor i had to get a script i had vocal nodules i had like polyps on my vocal cords and i had to go see a speech therapist and then i transferred majors wow that, i mean that's i mean that's pretty awesome and having you know it doesn't mean that you're not having passion in your career but um i think that i've i don't know a ton about speech pathology but some of the therapists that i've met Um, are such good people and like they're so dedicated to that work and it's something I think a lot of people take for granted. Yes. Um, I think when when you talk about communication, people value us a lot more. Um, When you talk about just speech therapy, everyone thinks that I'm like the lady that corrects people's R sound. Um, But when you talk about, um, I guess a professor um, told us way back when, if somebody said to you, take your ability away, um, your ability to communicate away, and then things, you know, the wheels in people's head usually start turning like, wow, like there's the nonverbal part, there's the verbal part, there's the pragmatic part, there's the actual speech part is what we hear. There's the language component. So um, it is very, it's a very um, in-depth, you know, field and there's many, many different facets to it and people don't realize that. Yeah, I think at least my knowledge is more of the pathology part and just dealing with that. Let me ask you a crazy question off the cuff. Yes. Looking at people's speech, do you, how has, if any, has the wearing of masks, has that changed or um, elicited like different speech pattern changes? Yes, 100%. 
So, um, you know, obviously nonverbal and verbal um, go hand in hand, but we communicate actually more nonverbally than we do verbally. So because we have limited that, that smile or, you know, how, whatever is going on in facial expression, and as far as us being a speech therapist, we would, it would almost be impossible for us to deliver any method of speech therapy to especially a child with our faces covered. That would be almost impossible. You know, I've noticed that from when I've been in my office working with people with masks on, obviously, and somebody just asked the other day, you know, they, they'd referred a patient to me or a client to me and said, you know, how did it go? And I said, you know, it's really difficult to take a good history from not being able to see people's whole faces. Mm -hmm. There's a real missing piece of like body language that uh, that I've noticed that I'm missing in that. And I just kind of realized it yesterday working with this person because she had like a full and she had like something on that covered even down to her neck. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I could see just like her eyes and it was really challenging. Yes. So, you know, you take um, an autistic child or somebody that had a stroke or, you know, when they struggle with communication, it's, it is, maybe it's a good comparison. It's like having a mask on. Wow, that's interesting. I could probably yeah. go down the speech pathology rabbit hole. We'll save that for another <laughs> okay. episode. But that is, that is really interesting to me. And actually, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize how wide scope the, that, that field could be. Yes. All right. So let me talk about this too. And I got to give you props for this. So since I've known you and since I started to work with you, you know, you were pretty much operating as a single mom for four girls. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that I had so much respect for you because I knew, you know, I knew I saw a little bit into the window of what your world was going on and managing your career, managing four girls, which I, I have two and I can't even imagine. And you'd show up so hungry for your job. It was very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I think I was, I was taught from an early age to leave, um, problems at home at home and that's not saying that I had a lot of problems growing up but um, my father was a workhorse we were all workhorses as as kids like you know we just we worked hard no matter if it was you know loading wood or cutting the grass or you know hard work was something that we was instilled in us from a really young age and work to me was a privilege it still is a privilege so when I any job I ever got it was I showed up on time I I worked hard whether it was you know a janitor or you know when I was scooping ice cream or you know my father um, taught me to take that job very seriously so even though I had a ton of stuff going on at home I was able to shift and you know pour into you know obviously you guys back then as trainers as my to my clients Um, And that is definitely a skill. And I think women sadly don't do it well um, because we're emotional beings much more than men and we don't compartmentalize as well. But I also think at that time, given the fact that I was the mom and the dad, I had to take that role on and say like I was the head of the home. And so I actually functioned like that, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, and it's just... And trying to be able to instill like values with your with your kids and with your girls, and you really instill healthy values. I mean, all of your girls were it seemed to be they're so level headed. Well, you know, at least from the outside, <laughs> and uh, just such good humans and very healthy. Tell me, how is your relationship like with your girls now that they're you know they're a little older and things like that? Um, you know, it's funny we talk about the old Gold's Gym days because having. Um, they basically were raised on protein shakes, as you know. <laughs> they would go out to the shake bar sure. and grab a shake, and yep. you know it's kind of all they knew. But um, it's good. It's evolved. It's definitely still evolving. They um, are fifteen, seventeen, nineteen, and twenty-three, and I have different relationships with all four of them. They are all four different, you know, very different children. Of course. So that is something that when people say that, yes, that is true. You are amazed that they all grow up in the same, under the same roof because they do all function very differently. Um, I just think because of their ages, I have a different relationship, you know, individually with each of them. You know, Sydney obviously is my oldest. She was um, the mother hen growing up. So we became very close very fast, but... Um, now she's a really good friend. She's, you know, just a really great friend. Um, and so that's, that's been awesome to watch. She's a really smart kid. Um, super proud of her. So she's, she's great. Peyton is away at college right now. She plays lacrosse for Lemoyne. Um, so, you know, I, 
we're at the age where you love them more from a distance. Yeah, of course. You and know? Have, have they all kind of been able to, you know, carry kind of like that healthy lifestyle gene that you that you put into them? They have. And I think that's a balance a lot of us, especially female trainers, talk about is how do you raise girls with the idea that, you know, health looks this way without obviously overwhelming them for sure because body image and all that is so critical right now especially with social media and the things that I didn't have to grow up with um some people think I am a lot harder on my kids than I should be when it comes to that some people you know agree with the way I raise my kids at the end of the day I'll be really honest it doesn't matter to me I raise them the way I raise them um I think we've had to have a lot of you know serious conversations about health um, taking away from the physical part of it. And I think that is, to me, that's just good parenting. I mean, to me, you just have to be real with your kids. Yeah, and I think it's so it's so overlooked, and it's one of those roads that sometimes parents don't want to go down, and they're lazy about it, and it ends up really, you know, it really ends up steamrolling into some, some problems. And, I mean, the social media thing is a whole different ballgame. Having, uh, for boys too, but having girls and the pressures that are put on them by society and then you add the social media into there it is uh it, it's really it's scary mm-hmm. it's scary and i've i've seen it and it's it's something that i'm frankly concerned about <laughs> yeah no I, I and there's no way to stop it it's yeah. like a steamroller like we all sit back as parents like this is really bad i did watch the social dilemma i mean i mean crazy right it was amazing. crazy um i was i don't think i slept that night just thinking about it but yeah. We, it's like we've already unleashed the beast. So well, how do you go back? How you know? And it's I think hard. it's I think exactly. I think it's education. I think it's being able to have like really important conversation. I, you have to have the conversations with your kids that maybe your parents didn't have with you. And I think it's just a different time, and you have to be able to integrate that in. So let's talk about your businesses. So let's talk about the truck. Okay. I remember when you were telling me that you were going to your daughter's soccer games and you're like, God damn it. You're like, all they have here is there's crappy food trucks. And you're like, I got to do something about that. And I was like, okay. And I was like, frankly, you probably will. So tell me about, is that how the idea kind of spawned? Yes, it actually, it was, it was just being frustrated at sporting events and only serving, you know, macaroni and cheese and pizza um, in between games. And um, yeah, I saw a need for healthy food. And I think about four months later, that was in August of 2017. And four months later, um, I bought a bus, a small school bus and converted it to a food truck. And now it's the blend. I'm, they should have done honestly. They should have done like uh, a reality TV show. Wouldn't have been <laughs> probably. Yeah. That, I, well, people say that about my life a lot. They, I'm not gonna lie. And could, I, I think I've missed my calling. They I'm could follow us. Well, I've sampled some of your bars, and they're awesome. I think even maybe before that, you were doing some test yep. samples and yep. and things like that, and it was really good. And I, I also can appreciate that. I think, like today now, we do have more access to healthier foods. Um, but the more and more things we can put on the corners and I thought the food truck idea was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, we started it with the idea of like, you know, hitting some tournaments and, you know, going to some five K's and obviously the marathons and things like that. And it has definitely evolved into, um, you know, schools reach out, reach out to us and farmers markets. And we are still one of the few healthy options in Buffalo, sadly, which is good for me, but bad for, for, you know, the people out there. Um, it's still hard to compete with, you know, a barbecue truck or, you know, whatever, but we have, we have definitely carved out our place in the, in the, in the industry right now. And we're doing well. Um, the bars have taken on another business in the sense of we created a bar, a protein bar to sell on the truck. They started, you know, selling really well off the truck. And now they're in several spots in Buffalo. We have an online store that we do pretty well at. Oh, nice. Because I remember, I think you were telling me about the process of having to have it in a store with like the labels and all of like, I'm assuming like the nutritional information. Yep. Um, So did you get that all worked out? Is that, oh, and you happen to have Oh, and I happen to have, there's the chocolate chip for you. Did everybody hear that crinkle (laughs) of that beautiful bar? Yes. Um, No, that's amazing. So... Is that, so you have at the co-op, is that where you're so your bar? So the Lexington co-op, I hope somebody is listening, is they're on like my next 
place. Cool. They just have cool. to go through a couple channels. But yes, when you start to branch out, we are at Bray Miller Market. We were at a spot coffee in West Seneca. Oh, nice. Uh, the CrossFit gyms, obviously, buy them in droves. Awesome. Um, you know, they love them. So we are definitely branching out. Um, there is a market, a Strive Market, I'm going to work on so um beautiful yeah beautiful yeah so more like local vending machines and things like that oh that's amazing i yeah. mean that was another thing that's a whole nother i think market that could be tapped into is just having vending. those having the vending i think there's a couple of local guys that are doing some work like that i think they, an ex-buffalo bill ex, guy right yes um i love it i think that's an amazing idea i mean i you know with my girls it's like that 80-20 rule is what we try to abide by, but sometimes it goes, you know, 40-60, sometimes <laughs> it goes 20-80. But what's interesting now is, you know, not trying to be food Nazis, but with both girls, they're starting to actually recognize when they kind of go off the reservation and eat crappy food, they'll they'll pull back and say, oh, you know, like... I shouldn't have ate that. Right. Or, you know, you know what? I'm going to eat really healthy the rest of the day because I kind of ate that junk food. And to me, that's a win because you never, if you force it, as you know, they're going to re they're going to revolt. Yes. So, um, having those options there, I think are so cool. Like vending machines and, and the truck. So do you want to go, do you want to evolve the truck or the, the product or, or everything? Uh, you know, well, so now we're moving into the Seneca One building. That's my next, um, it's a, it is a huge endeavor because now we're going from the truck and the bar and now we're actually going to be in a brick and mortar. Wow. So uh, the Seneca One building, as you know, is the old HSBC tower. It's um, a beautiful building and I've heard really good things about, is it the owner? Douglas Jamal. I've heard he's a yes, really great guy. He's amazing. Amazing. I mean, um, the stuff that he's doing inside the building is incredible. So we will hopefully be in there in a few weeks. Oh, nice. Um, so now I'm in the process of seeing all what goes into that. And that is a, like a world of that I, you know, retail, restaurant, hospitality, I, that's not my background. So yeah. there's a lot of learning as I go. Um, I just actually hired a great girl yesterday, so hopefully she is going to come on board and help me out because, you know, if you do what you do best and hire the rest. Yeah, that's, right? that's so, amazing. Um, so yeah, Seneca One is my next kind of project. And then I feel like once those three things are going, I'll have, you know, the truck, obviously the bars and Seneca One, then it is my, you know, my vision is to just continue to grow them. Oh, oh that's amazing. Yeah. I love that idea. So... You're still practicing full-time as a speech therapist. Yes. So you have the blend bar, yeah. the blend truck, you have the brick and mortar. Yes. And tell me a little bit about your personal training business. So my personal training business, when I left uh, full-time, the full-time gym business, I started a business called Drive, D-R-I-V-E, Drive Fitness, um, because I was, act Drive is a word to me that, you know, is something I want to um, emote is a lot of drive within myself, but I also drive to my clients' homes. So it just became like, nice. So you it's know. an in-home in training business? Yes, it's an awesome. in-home training business. Again, it started when I left the gym. I had a couple of, you know, those clients that just did not want to let go. Of course. And so um, they said, will you just drive to my house and set up a gym and just show me? And it was show me. And here yep. I am 10, 10 years later. I'm actually still training Four of the original. Wow, that's amazing. I'm just right. Close up that window. No, that's. I mean, that's phenomenal. And um, what are your, what are your challenges, or what? Do you, how do you want to grow that business? Is that something that you want to continue with? Yes. Yeah. I will never get out of the fitness business. I actually um, started doing a little strength and conditioning, which with some sport teams this year. Um, the West Seneca West girls lacrosse team. Um, I was with the soccer team a little bit, and that is like. That literally lit my soul on fire. I mean, that is something like down the road, I can definitely see myself getting into a little bit more. I love training. I'll never, you know, God be, willing, it'll always be a part of my life. It'll always um, be part of your, yeah, what you want to do. Yes. So a quick go back to the girls. Are any of the girls, uh, your girls, getting into the business of health, fitness, anything like that? So Sydney, my oldest, is a certified personal trainer. She got trained a couple of years ago. Cool. Um, she doesn't do it full time, but she does have a couple clients. Nice. Um, she does. All, they all work the truck for me. Oh, that's great. Yep, they all work the truck. Tori, uh, my youngest, is like the bar, the blend bar specialist. She wow. makes bars all probably right. once a week with my mom. Nice. Because my mom is the head chef. I love your mom, except yeah. for when she almost ran me over. <laughs> that's, that's right. Oh my God, Marsha. 
Um, so yeah, they will probably all, Peyton is going right now to be a PA. Um, she wants to go, uh, into the field of maybe, maybe orthopedics. Cool. So there's a little flair of health and wellness in probably all of them. How that all shakes out, I really don't know, but they clearly can't, um, it's something that I don't think they'll ever walk away from. I love that. I mean, I think it's I think it's a piece of it, and I think you've laid such a great groundwork. So, personal training business, the blend, speech pathology. So now let's talk about your buddy, my buddy, Todd Durkin. Oh, <laughs> yes. So Todd <laughs> is somebody that we both follow. Todd is a strength and conditioning coach. Um, I actually got turned on to Todd, you know, probably over a decade ago because Todd was actually a therapist and a strength coach. And that's kind of how my business ran. And I just loved his entire vibe. At that time, there wasn't a lot of social media. So it was like his website and I listened to a few of his lectures. And um, if you guys don't, you know, I'll link to it in the show notes, but uh, Todd Durkin, just an amazing dude. His energy is unmatched. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your, some of the stuff you've done with Todd uh, in, in that history. So I, I was probably turned on to him right around the same time you were. We had gone to, I had gone to a couple Perform Better um, seminars and I heard him speak and it literally, you know, he was just one of those guys that you would walk away and could not forget. Yeah. He just, on fire. time and time and time again, and he always brought it. Um, I had the privilege of meeting him behind the scenes at a couple of parties through a mutual friend, Aaron Mosier, who was a Perform Better sales rep. And I remember meeting Todd personally, and he was just as genuine, just as sincere, you know, just as contagious as he was, you know, in front of a thousand people. And so I became one of his followers in the sense of he lives in obviously San Diego, you know, we're from Buffalo, but our connection is he is really from the East. He's from New Jersey. Oh, that's right. Yes. He went to college with uh, Coach McDermott. Yes. 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 That's that connection. That's the connection. So, you know, it was one of those things with Todd that, you know, I'd show up maybe at uh, Idea or I'd be at CanFit Pro and he'd be speaking and I'd always go up and introduce myself after and you know, he would kind of start to put like a name to a face. Obviously he's got four bazillion followers. Sure. And then, you know, slowly but surely it was like, Hey, Tracy from Buffalo, what's going on? And then I went out to San Diego last year and that was when I was invited out there in kind of one of his mentorship programs. And it was obviously a game changer. I mean, then you're sitting, you know, for five days under the leadership of, Oh, so many great people. I mean, Todd is spearheading all of it, but you know, wow. the, the head, um, the guy from, you know, the TRX and then we got Pete Holman and you know, Amazing. it was like days and days of just, and is, is place still called fitness quest, fitness quest 10, Nice. this shirt that, and you guys can't see it, but it says iron Sharp, sharpens iron. He actually just sent me this today in the mail. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So what's pretty cool about that is, and I know you would mention that when you were going through his mentor, mentorship program, I know a lot of probably 90% of the people there were, you know, strength coaches or, you know, maybe a few PTs and things like that. Your, you know, work mentorship, how did you take that work mentorship to be able to apply it to something that's a little different in the industry, but still the same? As far as the work with Todd? Yeah, the work with Todd, what you're doing with like, because I remember you had told me that um, you were probably the only person there that had like a food truck business mm -hmm. and that were in that program. Oh, so yes. unpack that a little bit for 100%. me. 100%. So he, he inspires me in more ways than just, he's a great trainer. I think great trainers, there's a lot of, there's a lot of us. I mean, Matt, I mean, honestly, you are probably one of the most knowledgeable trainers I know. And I say this to, you know, I don't say this lightly and I tell everyone about you in the sense of when they really want a trainer who knows, you know everything from soup to nuts about training, you are definitely the guy and, well, and the body. Well, thank like you. you take knowledge of a basic trainer and just like blow the doors off of it. So, and I say that, you know, like you kill it. I am not that trainer. I don't know as much about the body and, you know, movement and all of that the way you do. What attracts me to Todd is that he takes that knowledge and then he just ignites it with energy. Yeah. And so his, he's, he's a bucket filler for me. Oh, so nice. when I'm around him, when I read his stuff, when I listen to his podcast, when I jump on a call with him, it's like he fills my bucket. And then I take that and that is easy to apply to everything. Like, like this shirt to me, iron sharpens iron is, is like what, 
this industry needs more of. Like we need to complement each other, not worry about who's the better trainer or who has more clients or who's doing whatever. So it's, I take all of his principles and just apply them to whether it's the blend to my kids, That's to amazing. my husband, to whatever it is. So yes, I, he is a fitness guru, but he, he attracts, you know, people from every walk of life just because of who he is as a person and what he emulates to like the world. Yeah. I mean, Todd, he's kind of like, I see a lot of these people in the industry, they move from, they almost become this like philosopher, like, you know, philosopher or warrior monk where they have so much knowledge and, um, they really just want to help people. I know Drew, Drew Brees is one of his, yes. his guys. And I think, uh, you know, Drew kind of exudes that yep. as well. And, uh, that is so contagious and so needed, especially in an industry that's uh, over time has been so based on aesthetics. And that brings me to another point, which is, I know we've talked about before a little bit, but how, where do you think the, the, the personal training industry is going? Um, what well, are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously right now we're in an online world with COVID and, you know, um, I think that business has grown for some people. I know the people that I, you know, am friends with that do beach body and things like that. Like their businesses are growing, which I think is great. Um, you know, you can obviously train more people in a shorter amount of time and you know, yep. it, it's, it's great. I did keep a couple of people, my people online during COVID, but I'm in back in front of them now and there's still nothing about being in front of them. There's, you know, of course. that is just something you can't take away for me personally. Uh, the training aspect of it, I feel like is still going back to like you and I always talked about, Matt. It's just move well, move often. Like, sure, sure. I think COVID has forced people like we're sitting in a park right now and this is the busiest I've seen it. I've been through Chestnut Ridge running, cycling, whatever for 20 years now. And I love that people are outside. I love yep. that people are moving. I love that people are trying things that they haven't tried in maybe, you know, 20 years, whether it's skateboarding or, you know, whatever it is. Um, down at the waterfront is the same thing. It's so crowded, which yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we've seen that. I actually, um, I had I had a mountain bike and I'd actually given it to a family down the street like probably about eight years ago. And this summer I went into a bike shop and I was like, you know what? It's, I'm going to get a bike again. The girls are starting to ride bikes. There's no bikes. Nope. nope. No bikes. They're like, yeah, nope. they're like maybe next summer. <laughs> and I was like, do you want some like money? To, nope. It's no like a money. Pool. I was like, can't get it. oh my goodness. But yeah. Again, I think it's amazing. I mean, I saw, you know, trying to take the best out of the situations. I think, uh, you know, the other opposite side of that is that, um, so many people have just been locked in and, you know, eating and drinking and, you know, watching, you know, the TV and it's just, uh, it's poisoning them. I think that some of the population has taken that as a, you know, a plus, but I think we're going to be in serious trouble Yeah. after that just because, uh, people are so scared. Yes. I, th I mean, I think there'll be a need for people like you and I now more than ever. And I don't say that necessarily because we're great trainers, which I do believe we both are. I think it's because we definitely have a mental stability about us that people are searching for right now. I agreed. You know, I saw, I saw a transition in the industry and that's actually what kind of got me into the path of doing a lot of like post rehab work is that people are coming into gyms for health. Mm -hmm. You know, 20 years ago, if you walked into a gym it was pretty much 90%, you know, meatheads, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to do by, you know, they wanted to do bodybuilding workouts, but more and more people, they're coming into the gym and they want help. Yeah. They're, you know, my doctor said I need to work out and it's like, oh man, it's, you know, it's great, <laughs> but it's like they walked into a gym. I think that's a great start place, but I think the field has to really come together for that mm -hmm. and they need to educate themselves. They need to work through some of their own biases. I get, I get some of the best compliments I get from a client or, you know, somebody I have had contact with over the years is not, do you believe I can squat 150 pounds? It's normally, do you believe I can walk up the whole flight of stairs and I, I don't have to touch the railing or do For you believe sure. I can lift my dog's 10 pound bag of, you know, uh, dog food out of the car and I don't need help. 
those are the things to me that are life changing. And I think I learned a lot of that from you. I learned a lot of that from watching you coach people and train people. And, you know, being the director of fitness that I was, I knew the kind of client I could give you. And I knew the kind of client I didn't want to give you because of your mindset and how you function. And I, you know, the, the beauty of that job was obviously reading people and gelling, you know, the client with the trainer and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I, I knew what you stood for and the beauty about you is here we are however many years later. And it's, it's pretty much the same in a good way. I mean that in a good way you've evolved, but your standards are still the same. Yeah. I mean, I saw such a, I saw such a need for that aftercare of, like, you know, and I've had uh, a couple people on and talking about like the physical therapy world and this really translates to even regular medicine. And it's like the, the insurance industry is not set up to get people healthy. They're there to, you know, bandaid people when they're sick and just get them out the door. And it's like, what do we do now? And I think the future of the, in, the fitness industry, I think could be absolutely huge. I think that people are going to look to, you know, fitness professionals and strength coaches for so much more than just aesthetics. I think like quality of life and all those factors and getting people to exercise is just such an important piece. I agree. But I have to say what what really does trouble me over these last several months of COVID and and I think I heard Joe Rogan put it the best. We want to talk about masks and isolation and six feet apart. We haven't talked about the reality of diet and exercise and why people are truly not well. Absolutely. And that's just like, let's, it's the elephant in the room and nobody wants to talk about it. And I think that it's, I think we become as a population of maybe a country, maybe humans in general of wanting to be taken care of in a way. And that's the way medicine is now. It's very disease care based. You know, it's very pharmaceutical based because the other piece of that is, it's, you can't be lazy. You know, you have to put the work in and it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a long time to put that work in. And I think people are kind of just like, fix me. Yep. And that mentality during this is just come. So, I mean, it's just, it's stifling the, the effects. What are your thoughts on, you know, because you are, you know, you are a therapist, you do work in that realm. I've been talking a lot about the mental and the emotional effects of this. Um, where do you think it's going to be? I mean, what type of damage do you think is being, you know, done here with the the mental and emotional piece from kids all the way up to adults? Well, I mean, starting even with, you know, I can speak personally for my own kids, you know, um, not playing sports and getting outside as much and, you know, all of that going on. Um, I... I have to thank God. I do have the knowledge to remind them, you know, you still have to eat well. You still have to, you know, move, go take the dog for a walk. You know, and this is obviously I'm an educated individual. I, my heart breaks for, you know, I work for the Buffalo schools for the kids like that, you know, who do come from lower socioeconomic, who, whose seasons just got taken away yesterday. They just announced, you know, the Buffalo public schools are not having any fall sports. Well, if you take a all, ma- all sports? All sports are canceled. So if you take a young boy or young girl who that was their ticket into college or yep. you're, the, the mental strain and pressure that these kids are going through is going to last way beyond COVID. And I just, it's almost like we just have to brace ourselves because this will trickle, the trickle down effect of this is going to be years and years and years. I agree. And, you know, it's funny now that they're, they're, everybody's kind of like saying like, well, you know, the inner city and the urban centers are being hit hardest and in the beginning of this, I'm like, well, no shit. Yeah. Like you, you're taking, you're taking, uh, you know, citizens that are already, uh, they don't have access to healthy food. They are already, you know, prone to a lot of chronic disease. And then you throw this on top of it. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it's, it's frustrating to say the least. And that's where I come into, you know, you can get very overwhelmed about it. And that's when I usually just try to reset back and say, okay, what am I doing today to help who I can? Yep. And I think that that's, uh, you know, you kind of take on that as well because you can get overwhelmed. Sure. But I will say the amount of people that have, um, you know, expressed some mental health issues, whether they've been friends or clients of mine over the past several months, um, 
almost all of them have just gotten put on medication. And yeah. that's really the sadness for me. Now, granted, you know, you can be there as a friend or a coach or a cheerleader to kind of root them on, but you know, and I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm just saying as a fitness professional, I, you know, that makes me sad that that is the, that is the doctor's first line of defense. It is. And I mean, I feel like so much, so much could be done with, uh, you know, things like just basic exercise and, and meditation and breath work. What are, so what are some of your kind of go-to daily things? I know you have obviously a very strong faith. Um, so prayer and things Mm -hmm. are, are a big part. Do you have any other, you know, things that you do daily to kind of keep the stress down and, you know, just be able to fight the good fight? You know, I think as I've gotten older, one of the biggest things, um, I have, and I've gotten wiser about is sleep. I mean, it is just my, actually my evening routine has become more important than my morning routine, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. yeah, So I, and I was, I was always a huge more, you know me, what, I mean, I don't know what time I used to go to the, be at the gym by five 30 and I wouldn't leave till eight o'clock at night. And I drank 1400 Red Bulls a day. Savage. (laughs) And my, I don't know what I read, red line, red, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably when ephedrine was still legal. <laughs> yeah, I used to have some of that too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, so I was just burning the candle at both ends. I was constantly injured. You know, you were my, uh, you know, not only my trainer, but you were my therapist and everything else. But my evening routine is I make sure that any exercise is done, obviously, by, you know, five, six o'clock. Nice. I, I used to sneak that last workout in if I didn't during the day, but I, I don't do that anymore. If I didn't make it in by then, Maybe a nice walk or something, but it's it's not going down. Beautiful. I have no caffeine, usually after 1, 1.30. Um, and my phone gets plugged in in my kitchen. And this is, my husband will even tell you, this has been probably for about five years now. It doesn't come upstairs with me. Around yeah. 9 o'clock, I'm checked out. And then I start, like it sounds weird, but I start like a lot of chores. I usually fold laundry. Um, and I'm all of a sudden now I'm a huge reader. Oh, nice. So, nice. What yeah. are you reading right now? Right now, I am reading Everything is Figure Outable by Maria Forleo. She's a female entrepreneur. Love who, it. Uh, yeah. And uh, un- underneath that is um, it's Unscrew Yourself by, um, you know, I don't want to say the F-bomb on your podcast. But... Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can. You can swear on this. <laughs> <laughs> you can swear. Yeah. Is that Mark Manson? No. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Nice, nice. Because I did read um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I did read that. And so this, that's I was like, oh, wait, unscrewable. <laughs> Is that a new one? No, <laughs> I got you. I'm not dropping off bombs, man. All right, Come I like on. it. I all like right, it. Right. I like, no, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. those are the those are the factors that I think are, are super important. Um, it's hard to unplug from the phone, especially with, this is, my girls aren't out and about yet. They're not old enough, but I, I was, I'm honestly like have anxiety about the, the time when the girls are out and I'm like, oh man, like am, I gonna, am I going to have to yeah. sleep with my phone? Yeah. Like to make sure. And that's like, honestly, it's like something I'm like nervous about because I, there's no devices in the bedroom. It's good sleep. And I'm like, oh, how long is that going to last? Uh, so my husband being a police officer, he sleep has to sleep with a phone. Yeah. So I can sleep well knowing that Super if they emergency. had to call him, they yep. do have his work phone and Perfect. he would have it on and he does get up. So, um, I do also, I am a CBD girl. I do take CBD. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then I do take, um, magnesium. I take a really good form. Like it's something that I I've stuck with and I, you know, so my pattern at night is pretty, I like pretty it. legit. I yeah. like it. And I sleep, um, in the morning if I get up, you know, at five or six or whatever time I try to keep that schedule even on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, if you, the amount of work that you put into the days, I mean, most people are probably working half as hard and that routine I think is so important. Um, I know I fell during this whole like COVID thing, especially the first month or two, I was falling into just like weird routines (laughs) and I was like, you know what? Nope. I was like, I got to get back in this. And it just, it's mentally and physically, it just plays such an important role. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And you know, you were one of the people way back in the day that tell me like, this is eventually going to catch up to you. And I think the most, it's so crazy because, you know, looking back at pictures of me or different things, I could say physically the best I looked was probably then because I was a few pounds lighter back then. I was maybe a little bit more muscular, but like on the inside, I was a wreck. I mean, I was so injured and so high up on caffeine every day and wasn't sleeping yeah. well, and like it, I mean it was bad frankly that's I mean you were 
an athlete. And that's where a lot of people do not understand, you know, athletes kind of have this big glass house and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they are missing a lot of pieces. You know, Paul Check talks about health being this three-legged stool and it's like you have, uh, you know, the emotional, the physical and the spiritual piece. And a lot of people are missing those. And what happens to a three-legged stool? It falls over. Yeah. And you have to embody all those. And I think if you, you know, you can only, you can only have so much in one realm. So, you know, if you're not training as much, you may not aesthetically look as, <laughs> as good. But damn straight, you're going to have better sleep. You're going to be better. You're going to be more at peace for yourself. Your relationships are going to be stronger. So, Wait, did you just say I was an athlete? Well, did I say that? <laughs> I mean, I still right. think I am an athlete, every, Matt. Every I... person, if you're a human, you're an athlete. I should say, like, professional. Like, yeah, or yeah. competitive athlete. Yeah. There you go. I'll, yeah. I'll, all right, I'll all didn't right. that. You know, it, it hurt a little. I'm not going to lie. But you know what, though? This is an interesting... I had this conversation with somebody the other day. There's a difference, and I agree with this, between being an athlete and being fit. Yes. Right? I mean, I that is like... I can spot an athlete, and I'm sure you can too, a mile away. I, a lot of people are fit and, you know, they can probably jump on a spin bike or For they sure. can whatever, but an athlete moves a certain way. An athlete just thinks a certain way. An athlete can, I don't know. There's just something different. I mean, I can I, take a, a, an, a young kid through a, a ladder drill and I can spot the athlete usually 90% of the time. I agree. I think they have athletic ability. Um, I think because of my line of work, working with a lot of professional athletes, I'm thinking of like at that high level, I think having that athletic skill and development is absolutely, you can spot it for sure. And that's something that's, you know, I think, uh, that's something that you can develop. So let's, we're in, so in 10 years, where is, where's everything going to be? Like, what do you want to be doing? In 10 years? Well, so I have 13 years left before I can retire at the Buffalo Public Schools. Okay. Right? Let's just say that. So in 14 years. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, which, you know what? I am not one of those people that, like, what count I would like. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't count the days. Buffalo is great. And if, you know what? If I grow the blend to a, a point, you know, that I think I can, and I either sell it and can, you know, get out of it and retire, um, I, I'll do that. I don't have, like, this... I have to work these 13 years for Buffalo and then this has to happen. My life looks completely <laughs> bizarre and different than I thought it would have five years ago. Than I thought it would have 10 years ago if you would ask me this. Sure. I mean, 10 years ago, think about it. I was working 100 hours a week at a health club for somebody else. I was single, never, th- you know, then I, here I am 10 years later working for myself, you know, in a few jobs. Yep. Um, I'm remarried, obviously, to a great guy, you know, has taken on the role of a dad for my four kids, has, like, has given us so much stability in my life that is just, like, you know, there's so much to say about that, who literally lets me just be me. I love it. Which is, like, you know, crazy in and of itself. It's amazing, But, but it's amazing That's how life... Yes. It's been life-changing for us, you know, for me as a mom, for them as kids. So, in 10 years, or, you know, yes, I think the blend will be, um, it may be a franchise. Nice. Um, I do see a lot of need, like you were saying, for, you know, the hospitals and all these places that we think are so healthy that really are not that healthy. Absolutely. And I knew that when I did the Western New York Feeds the Front Lines, um, we were donating shakes and stuff to the COVID. I remember seeing that. And it was great. It was one of the most amazing experiences. But... Um, when you're parked next to, you know, a truck that's serving macaroni and cheese and then you saw whose line is longer. I mean, I get it. There's nothing wrong with macaroni and cheese, but you wanted to say you have a 12 hour shift. Um, we were giving out shakes. We were giving out bars. We were giving out coffee. Like, and I would say to them, I, this is free. Like you will need this bar in six hours. Promise me, like eat your macaroni and cheese. Like I'm not trying to shame you. There's no food shaming. And the repeat like business and customers we got off of that has been great. But sometimes it's just that little shove, you know, that people need. So I digress. But so 10 years, yeah, the blend will will be, will be still be here. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Whether I am the sole owner or somebody comes into it, I don't know yet. That, you know. Well, I'm, um, I'm pretty sure that whatever you do and whatever you work out is going to be super successful. Um, I'm pretty psyched to see the evolution of what you're doing and uh, especially the new brick and mortar. That'll be amazing. Yeah. I'll be a taste tester yes, for you, you and, uh, you know, coffee and bars all day. 
So I'll, I'll link all your businesses, but just kind of tell people where they can find you like on social media, stuff like that. So, uh, my personal page is TA Taylor 24. That is my Instagram. Um, I I'm on Facebook as well. Tracy Taylor, my personal training page is drive D R I V E drive fitness.us. And the blend is at the blend.buffalo. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, thanks for kind of coming on. Yeah. Coming in. It. Yeah. We'll, uh, <laughs> maybe after the end of all this, we'll, we'll do a, a synopsis of everything that we talked about and, uh, maybe I'll do a live, you know, podcast at the, on the blend truck. I think, I don't know if you'd fit. Oh man. Really? I don't know. I think, I think maybe, maybe the next podcast is maybe like me. And you and like maybe Nentars or like, you know, we got to get somebody with, a, you know. All right. So let's, yeah, see, let's yeah. how do we throw this out? How about <laughs> you, me and Todd Durkin? Oh, well, hey, I, I, I think I can make that happen. I mean, that's next level. That's <laughs> next level. That'll make my day. I'll have to, I'll be all nervous and sweaty and stuff like that, you know, with a, with a big name like that on it. So, so wait, I have this one plug. This is okay, a true story. Plug it, plug he it. said to me and a crap ton of people. I had to stand up and say, so what brings you here? Like, why are you at this mentorship? You know, the, obviously people from all over. Yeah. And I said, he said, where do you want to be, you know, in five years? And I, I said to him, well, I will be the next, I'll be the, the female version of Todd Durkin. It was like, you could have heard a pin <laughs> drop. You could have heard a wow. pin drop. And he was like, I, I, I got I to give this girl a shirt. I love this girl, right? I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. We grew up watching the same shows. We have the same, we eat the same foods. It's like, yeah. So yeah. That's... It was either you're getting a shirt or he's calling security. <laughs> right. he, had, he was like, it was right on the edge. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the shirt. I'm going to go with the shirt. No, that's awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions or want to get in touch with uh, Tracy and her businesses, check out. Uh, the links, the show notes, I have all the links to her pages and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Matt. Well, thanks for listening to that uh, awesome interview with uh, Tracy Taylor. Uh, check out all of her social media. I linked to that in the show notes. Uh, she's got a pretty nice, you know, Instagram presence and, uh, she's always putting out good positive vibes over the airwaves. And remember you can check me out at the woke Buffalo you can check me out at uh, Revive WNY or my personal page, Matt Meyer 911. They're all kind of linked together. Um, thanks very much. Remember to check out our sponsor, Buffalo Cryo. Woke 15 gets you 15% off your uh, cryotherapy sessions. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I'm looking forward to our next interview. It's fall now. We're living in a crazy world. The only thing we can do is stay positive uh, and just keep those... Uh, and, and stay healthy, man. We have to stay healthy for ourselves. We have to stay healthy for our family. We need to stay in a positive mindset. That's what the world needs right now. Peace.